And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Hello, everybody out there in Tampa Bay. You've got the Consumer Quarterback Show. I'm your backup quarterback, James DeJerome. Brandon is out today, and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. We've got some exciting guests here. You know, just like a good backup quarterback always leans on his teammates, I'm going to do the same thing here. We've got Jose back there from Salem keeping us on the air, sounding real good on 1380. All you WeBeam TV viewers are familiar with Rob. Rob is our tech from WeBeam who makes us stream worldwide so everyone can check out the show across the world. And uh, I've got some great partners in here with me today as well. Joining us today on the show, Attorney Jason Cobal, Cobal Law. How are we doing today, Jason? Great. If you're the backup quarterback, you must be like Nick Foles. Well, I was going to say, I said Fitzpatrick. <laughs> they said Nick Foles. As long as it's not uh, Jeff Hostetler or... Don Strock, one of the old ones. All right, and, and today also on the program, we got Dr. Doug Arvanitas from ProHealth. How are we doing, Doc? We're doing great. Good to see you. And, and he beat me to that joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've, had, we've got some crossover, I understand. I didn't think of that when, I, when you guys were on the show together, but there is some crossover with you guys in the injury mm-hmm. front. Yes, yes. Okay, so one of the things we're going to do today is keep it positive, like Brandon always does. i got a positive story to inject for you. And we've selected uh, a group of folks, business owners, community leaders from around the Bay, we brought them together to provide some information to the consumers out there because we feel like knowledge is power and that's what we're all about today. So hopefully we're going to tell you some things you didn't know and inspire you with a little positivity as well. So starting off the show with Jason, Jason, we always cover all your personal injury, all the different things, but I want to remind everyone out there that you were the first one to bring us the concept of PTSD for first responders. Yes. So it makes sense when you think about it, especially unfortunately with some of the horrific news events and things that go on in the world today, that not just in terms of combat and military, but firefighters, police, folks that respond to these scenes are going to be exposed to some pretty horrific imagery, and that's going to affect them later on. Uh, Tell us about how long it took to get this in play, and have you seen this play out where someone's actually gotten some benefits through this? Yes, I have. Actually, I know the the firm uh, that was kind of the head of this uh, front that got the law changed and a great group of attorneys. But uh, at any rate, um, prior to this law change in workers' compensation, if you had a a psychiatric injury, Mm -hmm. like you got PTSD from something horrific that you saw, even as a first responder, if you didn't have a corresponding physical injury, you didn't have a claim. Right. So, you know, that didn't make sense for the ones that saw horrific things and and didn't also have an injury physically. Mm -hmm. So this law, then it changed that. So now at least the PTSD, the first responders are able to get coverage for that. Now I'm sure- a very narrow exception. I'm sure you were familiar with this way before I was. I didn't really come across this until the tragedy at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Right, right. So it took a a giant case or some kind of way to put it in the news. That's true. And, And then of course, you know, the school shooting. Um, but for me, even before then, years ago, I had a, uh, a waitress that I represented, and uh, she was held at gunpoint. She wasn't hurt, 
I mean, but you know, they, they held a gun to right, her head. Right. Didn't uh, touch her physically, but for about 25 minutes while the place was being robbed, she had a gun to her head. She developed PTSD, sure. and we weren't able to get it, and that drove me nuts. I'm like, that's crazy, you know, because yeah. obviously it's related to the incident. Sure. But so, and unfortunately, even under the current law, she wouldn't be included because it's only for first responders. So I personally think they need to expand it even further. Right. I'm glad they, they did what they did, but they need to go further. Now. Yeah, it seems like we're starting to have an appreciation for mental health and, and, and across the spectrum of how it can affect us in society. So I agree. It's becoming a little more uh, pronounced in terms of a diagnosis that people are accepting, I think. I totally agree. So in terms of the, the personal injury side, it ties together. Uh, what's going on, on the personal injury front? If you're somebody who's been exposed <coughs> to this, it's a, it's a post-traumatic stress event. It's a personal injury uh, litigation that takes well, place. That, it depends on how it happens. I mean, if you're an employee and uh, this, you, know, you're, you get injured at work, then that's mm-hmm. workers' comp. If there's a third party that caused this incident, and that's who you're suing, then yeah, that could be a personal injury claim. And then that's, you know, I see totally that's a civil case, whereas the workers' comp is administrative law. I know you've made a, a point here on the program uh, to make sure that people out there realize the importance of the relationship with their doctor. Yes. Uh, if they go through an event, they cannot wait or assume that when they show up weeks later that, that they'll get the result that they hope for. Uh, you've got to establish a relationship. You've got to see a doctor in a, oh, yeah. a prescribed amount of time, and you've got to make sure that you guys are on the same page. Yeah, absolutely, especially right after an accident because the, the sooner you go, the better because the longer you wait, the harder it's, it's going to be to, to correlate your injuries to the incident and to the mechanism of injury. Uh, you know, you wait three months to go to the doctor, and that's a heck of a challenge for that doctor to be able to look at the objective findings and tie it into an incident that happened months ago. Whereas you go immediate and you have uh, more easier identifiable objective findings, mm-hmm. it's just easier and much better for your case if you go as quickly as possible. Now, in workers' comp, you don't get, other than the initial emergency treatment, you go wherever you want. Once the case starts, they pick your doctor. Whereas in a civil case, you get to pick your doctors on your own. That's where you want to you know, right. go with someone that you're familiar with. And then, so there's a lot more freedom in a civil case than there is workers' comp. But your doctor and establishing that relationship is key. Absolutely. Now, in the event that they're choosing the physician for you, do you still seek an outside counsel? Uh, as an attorney, you mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, in workers' comp, I'll give you a little, the listeners a little tidbit here. Uh it's a terrible law. Each state has their own workers' comp law. They say ours is the second worst to Texas. But uh, the only time you get to pick your doctor in, in Florida workers' comp is when you're entitled to one one-time change. The law says you have to put it in writing. Uh, you send it to the adjuster. You wait five days. If they don't give you a new doctor within five days, on that sixth day, you could pick your doctor. And that's the only time. And then you, and it's like a race to picking a doctor. After the five days comes and goes, if you pick your doctor before the adjuster, that's the only way you could pick your doctor in the state of Florida for workers' comp. Now, why, what, what lobbying group would have made that so difficult? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the insurance companies yeah. and the employers have all the power here in Florida. Oh they gosh. say there's no Teamsters like there are up in the Northeast, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's tough. And I, that's why I like being on the side I am for injured workers, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure you see a lot of cases where it breaks your heart because they've got a case, but they didn't follow the protocol or get things oh, done yeah. in a certain amount of time, and then you just can't do anything for them. Yeah, no, the worst is when I'll get somebody who will see me, and I know that they're hurt, they have a serious spinal injury, and by the time they saw me, they already saw one doctor. The nurse case manager talked them into using their one-time change, sent them to another one of their go-to doctors. Mm-hmm. And here, they don't have, there's no second change. And now I'm out of changes. I know they're hurt, but I have two terrible opinions and there's not much I could do. I mean, I could get an IME and it it 
causes a tiebreaker called the DMA, but it's an uphill battle. But that's a perfect example of what you're saying. Right. My hands are tied from the get-go. Yeah, I just think that people are just a little unaware of, of the law or the specifics, yep. and they get caught in a situation where they don't have an option. That's why I get representation early, especially for workers' comp. It doesn't really cost you any money. The, the, the money that we make as attorneys for workers' comp we come on, comes on the back end from the insurance company. The more money I get from my clients, the more right. money I get. That's an important point to make. I think a lot of folks, especially if you're, say you're uh, an immigrant or someone new to uh, our society, you're not comfortable with, with seeking out an attorney or you might wait and think, oh, I have to do what they tell me to do. So the the ignorance of the law or that inability, that ability to be pushed a little bit in a direction that's not beneficial to you, I'm sure a lot of factors out there pushing you the wrong way. Absolutely, and especially what you said about the immigrants. I, I represented a lot of uh, people that are here with you know illegally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? When when an employer employs them and and they get hurt, they're, they're entitled to benefits too. Absolutely. So, so uh, you know, don't be afraid. Get representation early. It's important. Have you seen that play out where someone just uh, has a phobia of the court system in general? When they they get into a case and they even though they'd win the case, they back off because they're afraid their oh, yeah. other legal team intimidates Absolutely. them a little bit. Especially Especially uh, my clients that have been illegal immigrants, they're afraid to go to a deposition. Right. They're worried that ICE is going to be there and Absolutely. you know nab them. But uh, yeah, I've With, seen that. So, any other cases around uh, are, you know that you've seen that were interesting? I haven't kept my eye open as far as legal cases going around. Uh, let's see, big legal cases. Um, not not uh, just personally. I think I told you story last time. I, I had a situation where uh, my client, who was a traveling nurse, who got hurt mm-hmm. on the job in, in a car accident too. But anyway, she had five surgeries and uh, she needed attendant care for a closed period of time, and uh, it started and then it, it stopped abruptly. And I didn't know why. And the doctor did a complete 180. It turned out that the people that were supposed to be giving her attendant care were feeding lies to her doctor. Hmm. And I was able to prove this. I was able to. How did you do that? Oh, gosh. I had to depose 11 people. I mean, (laughs) I had to depose the the company that hired them, uh, the the doctor's office. I had to get the tape. They they left voicemails on the doctor's uh, uh, voicemail box as far as allegations about my client that that I was able to prove were untrue. So, uh, and I went to court and we were able to prevail. So you can see your relationship with your attorney is critical because it's going to take some work at times to unearth the real facts. Not only that, sometimes if you don't know your client, I knew that lady was an honest person. And as soon as I saw what they said, that she was being non-compliant, I thought to myself, there's no way. Right. And then that, that's what led me to, you know, put the money and effort into the hard discovery. Then I was able to unveil the evidence. But that's all a product of that personal relationship that you had that allowed you to realize something's not right about this. Without that, I may not have done that. Right. So that's that's so number one, let's encourage everyone out there to think ahead. God forbid something does happen, but you might have a plan, just like a hurricane or a storm emergency. Have a plan. Pick out an attorney that you trust and develop a relationship and then think closely about a physician or a doctor that you'd see in the event of something horrific happening. That's it. Well, I tell you, good advice for everyone out there. Uh, again, on the Consumer Quarterback Show, we're trying to keep you ready for anything that might occur. Attorney Jason Cobol, Cobol Law, always here with uh, cutting-edge information for us and making sure we're aware of what's going on. I just think, you know, with the amount of litigation that goes on, sometimes guys out there are just throwing lawsuits at people to see if they can shake something out of them. Oh, absolutely. So have you ever had to defend someone against a frivolous case where they feel like they're, they're nervous that, hey, well, this guy's going to take all my money and it turns out it's just a fishing expedition? I have been accused of that my, okay. because so many people sure. do it. A lot of times they think that's what you're doing. Right. But I'm, a, I'm always um, on, the, on the plaintiff, so I haven't had to defend any. But no, I, I know it, and it does happen. 
and it does happen. And I've seen a lot of sham defenses myself. Right. But, but uh, yeah, luckily I, I like being on the side I'm on on the plaintiff side, so I don't. I'm not on the defense to to see them. Yeah, that's what you got to do out there. Yeah. Establish a relationship, get the correct knowledge, find someone you can trust. That's what we're hoping to be here on the Consumer Quarterback Show for you is a, a group of folks that are interested in helping you. We're consumer advocates here, and we want you to live the best life possible out there and make the best decisions you can. So stay with us. We'll be right back with Dr. Doug Arvanitas from ProHealth. This is work done, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-773-1253. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing at 813-773-1253. Check out PlatinumMVPRealty.net. PlatinumMVPRealty.net. Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. And I'm here with my business partner, Brandon Rhymes, the real estate quarterback. Thanks, Ken. If you're a seller thinking about selling your property, we would love to talk to you. Text CMA to 813-670-7372, 813-670-7372, or check out PlatinumMVPRealty.com, PlatinumMVPRealty.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. All right, welcome back to The Consumer Quarterback Show. I am not Brandon Rhymes. My name is James DeJerome. I'm the executive producer of The Consumer Quarterback Show. Filling in for Brandon today, we've just had a discussion with attorney Jason Cobal, uh, gave us some Pretty critical information about what you need to do if you're the victim of a uh, PTSD event or a car accident. He's really the one to contact when you don't know what you need to know. Uh, in terms of our next guest, we're going to talk to Dr. Doug Arvanitas from ProHealth. And Doc, I, I, I'm excited about this because this fits into my expertise with the combine prep and the stuff you do with athletes and athletic performance. Uh, I went ahead and put together some stuff. I know you treat all aspects, right? Uh, you can be the weekend warrior. You can be the professional athlete. Anyone who's athletic can come by. Anyone who's active lifestyle, uh, anyone who's a weekend warrior, um, semi-professional athlete, professional athlete, collegiate athlete, anything to do with athletics, we treat. So you see everything. We just talked about you know new protocols, and this is the thing about this particular uh, field. There's new technology changing things all the time. Uh, just recently, like I told you, ice and stem. I mean, I got ice and stem for just about anything that happened. They just said ice and stem. That's the way it was for many, many years. And, and even now, today, I'll see trainers, especially high school trainers, that no matter what the injury is, it's ice and stem. So I, I actually had, I was over at Plant High School on the sidelines, and we were there for a game, and our nose tackle um, had a bad back. He had an injury. And in between plays, when he would come out, the trainer would go over and slap an ice pack on his mm-hmm. back. And I looked at him, and I went, what are you doing? You're not supposed to ice in between the plays. Right. You're hurting him. 
And so it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Everything is ice. Everything it is the is first ice. thing they do. Uh, uh, just a story occurred to me. I was in Costa Rica on vacation, had a stingray go through my Achilles oh. tendon, and I get out of the water. Everyone, ice. I, it turns out that uh, con- concentrates the toxin rather uh-huh. than heat actually breaks up the yep. toxin of the protein. So for the first hour or so, my foot is in ice and I can't, I'm in <laughs> agony, I can't make it. Finally, the guy says, hey, put your foot in some hot water, man. What are you doing? And it was a guy in an hour, it was better. And that's what I try to tell my patients. If Depending on the injury, you may want to ice in the very beginning, just depending on it. But I like heat. And one of the reasons why I like heat is, number one, it keeps the blood flow going. Mm-hmm. The more blood flow you can go in and the body fluids coming in and out, the more you can flush things through, the more healing properties. Right. Plus, it actually it keeps the muscles nice and relaxed. You don't want those all tight, especially in the lower back like that gentleman right. I was just right, talking right, about. Right. Tightening up his muscles, he can't go back and perform. Now, we put together a list here of some things that people might not be aware of, but some of the common injuries that you might run into, and this is not necessarily for a professional athlete. You could be a weekend warrior, a high school kid, or even younger. Uh, ankle sprains, groin pulls, hamstring strains, the kind of things everyone's familiar with. What is the protocol for an ankle sprain? What do you do, ice? Well, it, it depends. Again, the first thing I like to do, if it's on the sidelines with me with a game or where my last practice was, there's a boxing gym right next to me. So we had an issue where a girl was doing the boxing class and she stepped back, stepped on something, sprained her ankle, mm-hmm. turned it. So they brought her into my office. And as soon as she got in my office, she was in there within 30 seconds. Um, I adjusted, I looked at it, I adjusted it, and I made sure everything was supposed to be where it's supposed to alignment be. Alignment wise. Alignment wise. And then we, we put it in a bucket of ice water for 30 minutes and got it out and started moving it. She walked out of the office, no pain. Now, the Came movements, back in the next to make sure the range of motion the is The range back. of motion, and you want to reduce any scar tissue that is going to form. So, it used to be rest, ice, and immobilization, the old rice principle. Now, it's more what they call the mice principle, which is more movement yeah. and heat. And I used like to have that. the trainer say, go as able. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, do what you can do out there. That's mm-hmm. better than just sitting on the sideline. Right. The, the more movement you can put in there, the less scar tissue that's going to develop. Um, and the faster recovery is going to be. Here's an interesting one. Shin splints. Isn't that, I, I could be wrong, isn't that something to do with the design of your foot in terms of your arch and how your weight distributes through your foot? Correct. There's 26 movable bones in each foot. So if those feet, if those bones aren't aligned properly, that can put abnormal stresses on the rest of your, your foot, your shins, all the way up your knees, your hips, everything. Right. So when we're talking about alignment, that is one of the most crucial things that I look at it. Every one of my athletes, every one of my active lifestyle, daily, daily active lifestyle, my weekend warriors, everything, I look at their alignment from head to toe, make sure everything's balanced. Now, am I wrong, Doc? Isn't some asymmetry normal? In terms of people's physiology, yes. one finger hand might be a little bigger, foot, so on? Yeah, we're not symmetrical from side to side, and they've already proved that. They've taken uh, pictures of your face and put your left side on two left sides together and two right sides together, right. and one will be very soft and one will be really harsh looking. So we're not symmetrical from side to side. So it's not necessary that you're going to have the, you want to get back to full function, not necessarily trying to meet someone's legs the exact same length. Exactly. We have to find out the balance for each individual. Not that everybody's got to be perfectly balanced, like you said. For me, I'm not perfectly balanced. If I'm left leg short, quarter of an inch, that's where my balance is. Hey, Doc, uh, related to shin splints, you know, recently, not recently, maybe five years ago, those crazy shoes came out with no sole at all, and the whole idea was you're not going to pound your heel into the ground or it's going to transfer your weight. Was there mm-hmm. any benefit or merit to that kind of thing? At the time, that was the, the latest and greatest thing out. It's going to take you from a heel strike to a toe strike. Um, or a ball of the, the foot strike. Uh, you don't see them that much anymore. I do have a couple patients that wear them, but if you learn proper technique in running, 
then you're going to have less of that anyways. Yeah, I used to say, watch a Kenyan run, and, and, and their foot look, look like mm-hmm. they're bouncing off the ground. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just not me. <laughs> you can right. change my shoes all you want. It's not going to help me run like him. How about, uh, of course, knee injury is very common. Uh, I was curious to know about when you decide that it's necessary to bring a cadaver ligament into a, 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 a knee surgery. Well, that's, again, for the surgeon. So I don't do the surgery aspect of it, but we do see these patients before the surgeons actually get them. And, and a lot of times now, the surgeons are going away from the cadaver ligaments. They're going to actually pulling a piece of the hamstring out and using a piece of the hamstring to repair that ACL. That? Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that one. You know, I it's so frequent now that you run into athletes that have had Tommy John surgery. Even mm-hmm. the young kids, uh, you know, younger than 18 have had ligament replacement done in some of the elbows. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So is there an age that you forbid that kind of surgery? Is it too early at some age to do that? Well, again, I'm not a surgeon, so I can't determine that. Mm-hmm. That's up for the actual orthopedic surgeons. And, and like he was saying, you have to pick your doctor and you have to pick yeah. the right doctors. And over 21 years in practice, I know who the right doctors are and the good ones are. And I know that if I send one of my high-level athletes to them, they're going to give them all options. All right, working our way down the list, tennis elbow. Now, Doc, is what is is that just inflammation uh, or bursa, bursitis or something to do with the well, bursa? tennis elbow is an inflammation in that aspect of the elbow, but we have to figure out why that inflammation's there. Is it due to you just strained the ligaments? Is it there due to the bursa? Or is it there due to alignment issue again? The elbow is a very unstable joint. It's not like a ball and socket joint right. of the shoulder or the hip. Very unstable. Unstable. Help me out with that one, Doc. What do you mean unstable in okay. terms of the? It, it, what I mean by that is the hip and the shoulder are much more stable because you have a ball, or excuse me, you have a socket, and then the rest of that joint is more like a ball, and it fits in there and it supports it. When you have the elbow, you don't have that type of uh, insertion. Right. You don't have those type of structure. So you have different pieces that fit together, and actually on the lateral part of the elbow, the, the outside part of the elbow, there's just a little disc of that bone, and it's. It's held in by ligaments, and that's it. So, so the very ir- unstable compared the irritation to the that would be summarized as tennis elbow could be from a number of different could things. Could be. That's why it's not just cookie trick cutter. You've got to go and you've got to examine your patient. You've got to see them. You've got to see their motion. You have to look at everything. Gotcha. Now, as we turn towards more of the sports that kids are involved in, is there any of that that you see? I know martial arts and MMA, that kind of stuff is on the rise. I don't know how old kids are when they participate in that, but I could see a rash of crazy injuries walking in your office from something like that. Well, right before I came here, I had the um, two MMA people, fighters Mm -hmm. in my office. The female was the number one jujitsu girl in the world for three years in a row. And then her fiance has a dojo studio over in, um, in Apollo beach. And it's a Gracie, it's a Gracie practice. Oh yeah. But we're seeing a tremendous amount of injuries from that. There was one of the more injured people that I see because of all the torque that's being put on the joints. Yeah. And you get these white belts that are going against the higher level belts or two white belts together or a white and a blue. And one's got something to prove to the other. <laughs> or they're trying. And next thing you know, you've got oh, a yeah. torn meniscus or labrum or elbow. Hey, Doc, does the uh, style of... of contact that they get involved in in other words they talk about building bone density like they kick their shin against hard objects to create i don't know if it's to create pain tolerance or to actually build thicker bones is there a way to increase your bone density or strength there is um there's a physiological principle called wolf's law wolf's law states that added stress on a bone will cause that bone to hypertrophy or grow okay so there's some truth to that yeah i saw this guy kicking a counter you know bashing his shin against the Mm -hmm. wall i thought what in the world well here's a very common thing bunions Bunions on the inside of the, the first toe, right, right. that's due to abnormal stress placed upon that toe as they're running, jumping, doing all their activities, and it causes that bone to grow. 
Wow. So that, that can be the body's response. Mm-hmm. I got it lays you. down more calcium. Just help support it. Okay. There's a Van Damme movie where he did that. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> Lionheart, I believe. <laughs> I haven't kept up with my Van Damme movies. What about any of these other ones? Gymnastics? I don't know that I've had... Uh, I would be scared to death if my daughter was involved with gymnastics. I had one of the most interesting x-rays I ever saw on a three-time state champion from Florida. And she was having lower back pain. I took mm-hmm. this x-ray. And normally, you have the alignment of the sacrum and then the fifth lumbar vertebra and the fourth and so forth. And there's a little bit of a curvature in there. Right. Her sacrum was perpendicular, was, was in line with the ground. And then her fifth lumbar vertebra and then her fourth and third and it came up like that. I still have those x-rays to this day. And that was all the way back in the early 2000s. Wow, if you're just joining us, that's Dr. Doug Arbonitas from ProHealth. He's given us a little information about injuries and injury prevention and some things you can do if you are the victim of an injury. Uh, we're going to dive a little deeper into that, and we're going to talk to attorney Jason Cobol as well. So stay with us. It's the Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Forbes Riley, celebrity TV fitness host and creator of The Spin Gym. I'm here today with Brandon Rhymes, and you're listening to The Consumer Quarterback Show. Great ways to get happy, healthy, and wealthy. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in tampa bay online at consumerqb.com welcome back it's the consumer quarterback show with brandon rhymes brandon is out today i'm your backup quarterback james DeJerome, executive producer of the show here we've got attorney jason cobal Cobol Law and Dr. Doug Arvanides from Pro Health in the in the studio with us. I have an interesting conversation about injuries and injury prevention. And there's kind of a little crossover here. I wanted to go back to Jason and talk about uh, personal injury. You see a lot of folks coming to your office that are injured. You talked previously about that importance of the relationship with the doctor. Give me some details or what have you seen happen with a patient that, or a victim that comes of a, a crash that comes in and you direct them to a doctor? Probably the number one injury that I see from a motor vehicle accident is a whiplash you know, or neck or back injury. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting about the two areas of law I do with workers' comp, for whatever reason, they don't use chiropractors as much as they should, in, in my opinion. Right. So I see in the workers' comp system a neck or back injury that'll go through a course of treatment without chiropractors. And then in my personal injury cases, the very first place I send my clients is to a chiropractor. And the treatment that they get sometimes is so amazing, mm-hmm. they don't even get to the surgeon. Whereas, right. and it, you know, And that's a big deal because... I tell you what, surgery is risky, and uh, the success rate, you know, I don't have the statistics, but it's, I just know it's not that high. Considering back surgery seems so daunting, yes. Doc. I mean, uh, the percentages are not great for the amount of folks that have multiple back surgeries. That's true, and and I'll give you one statistic. It used to be 3% success rate. Wow. I believe it. 3%. Now it's a lot higher through mm-hmm. technology and advances, but... You know, with our patients, I agree with you. The first thing we see is that a lot of neck and back. The, the mid-back, not quite as much because it's compensatory with the neck and the, the lower back doing what it's doing. But, 
you we have to get the MRIs. We have to do a lot of things first to, to really evaluate that and what we're going to do, whether it's spinal decompression, send them to a, an orthopedic surgeon and go from there. But there are more options available now than there used to be. There are a lot more options. So when it comes to spinal care, non-invasive techniques as well as the traditional back surgery. Correct. So when you're your patient out there, you come in to see Jason because you've been involved in an accident, you really got to think through that doctor you're going to select and any protocols that he might suggest for you to, for treatment. That's right. So in that case, what is the timetable that you try to get that case or how do you pursue uh, the case after you get the doctor's opinion back? As soon as I get a case, I, find, I send them to one of my trusted doctors and then I don't play doctor at that point. You know, then it's all usually start at the chiropractor and I let them play quarterback. Uh, like the doctor said, sometimes, you know, uh, depending on the MRI, there might be very little chiropractic treatment where they send them directly out to a specialist. Other times, like I said, the people never even get to a specialist right. until maybe when they're getting finalized at the end. But I, I don't ever try to play doctor. I let the doctor uh, do the quarterbacking me- from the medical standpoint. Sure thing. Is there ever been a case or someone you're familiar with that didn't realize they were injured till multiple weeks after the traumatic event? And then that kind of puts you in behind the eight ball in terms of making that case? Oh, absolutely. Especially with the with the PIP law the way it is if if you don't get to an MD within 14 days then your your PIP benefits are 2500 as opposed to 10000 so that's a big difference uh, so that hurts and then like i said earlier the longer you wait even though that's very reasonable that could happen mm-hmm. you know when an accident happens your adrenaline's you know flowing sure. and whatnot and you may not realize how hurt you are so it's, it's completely reasonable that it may not come about right off the bat but the more time from the time of the accident until the time you see that doctor, the harder it is for me to prove. Dr. Doug, what injuries would be sneaky to deter, detect immediately? A soft tissue or some kind of strain or pull that might not manifest itself immediately? Well, those I can usually get pretty quick. We can usually see that almost immediately because you're, you're in an acceleration, deceleration injury. You're right. going to have that. You're going to have that no matter what. So the ones that are tougher, now we need to determine whether that's now a bulging disc or herniated disc, multiple bulging discs, multiple herniated discs. So in my office, after we do the initial evaluation and I see the patient, I see every patient. I do the exam. I don't have an assistant do it. I do it. Right. Um, then at three weeks and a day after their injury, not from the time they came in to me, but from their injury, I send them for an MRI because the the other side, not the um, the injured, but the other attorneys may argue, the insurance company may argue that a herniated disc may not fully present itself for up to three weeks after an injury. Hmm. So if you do it at three weeks and one day, then we take that argument out of there and we make sure, and it's only one more day. So once we get that information on the film, then I can determine, well, now you need to go to this orthopedic doctor and we need to do this and this and back and forth. So and no matter what, even if I do send that patient to an orthopedic surgeon, I still manage that case and I we put it together and go step by step just to make sure all of our bases are covered. And I get, well, I'm, I'm trying to be your quarterback. It's the fourth quarter. There's two minutes left. We're down and we've got to drive that field and, and score the touchdown. So you can see it's not just uh, picking uh, an attorney. It's the whole process. You've got to have the attorney He's got to be in touch with the correct doctor, the correct medical staff, and you've got to be having treatment from someone who is aware of all the range of possibilities because you don't want to leave and say, you're all, you're fine, everything's good. Two weeks later, you don't have any recourse at that point because the, the window is closed. Right, or less recourse, yeah. So, Doc, certainly car accidents and the kind of traumatic injury that we think of that Jason deals with is similar, in fact, to more the professional side of athletics where the size and speed of these guys creates some of the more violent 
injuries. So you might see instead of just a hamstring strain, it might rip all the way from the bone. What do professional athletes run into that everyday kids might not? Or what's the severe side of professional athletics? Well, the severe side is just the size of these guys. If you have gone onto my Instagram, I start posting all these pictures from from the combine training. And and it's funny because I'm six foot tall. I'm not a small guy. And you see these guys next to me, and they're six foot six, three hundred pounds plus, and they're running at a rate of speed that we thought was fast back when we were playing. Right. And last year we had a guy that was six foot six, a defensive end. He's with the um, the Cleveland Browns right now, and six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds, ran a four five forty. Wow. So it's simple physics. Yeah. You know that that size and weight. Now you're taking you're you're not involved in a car accident every right. time they take a big right. hit. Right. So these injuries are unbelievable. And that's why it's, in my opinion, it's just a little unfair that some of the contracts these football players are getting because it takes one hit and they're out. What was the uh, um, uh, University of Central Florida, their quarterback? Mm. You the may kid, never play again. Well, I saw that happen. Or, oh, no. Mackenzie Milton, Mackenzie. the current mm-hmm. quarterback. And I okay. said immediately, it's career. Yeah. I, unfortunately, that looked like mm-hmm. a career ender right there. I think it may be. It's the nerve damage, right, Doc? Well, it's the nerve, it's the the arterioles, it's all kinds of stuff that when you completely rip that knee apart like you did, it's hard to We talked about 48 hours just to get blood flow back Mm -hmm. so they would avoid amputation for the poor kid. I was... Was that from the bowl game? I missed that. No, that was uh, the last game of the regular season. Oh, really? Central Florida versus South Florida. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just terrible break. The kid had all his weight on the plant leg and he got hit right on the inside of the knee and just pushed it right out. Now, in terms of pro athletes, their pain tolerance can get them into different situations than a regular person. I've seen guys turn up the stem, you know, more and more and more, and they can injure themselves if they're not, you know, they have that mindset that we'll push through. You got to be careful as a physician with those guys. Right. And their mindset's completely different. And that's part of the sports psychology that I do with them also. But they, they, they have the mindset of there's another hundred guys behind me that are right. waiting to take my position. So I've got to do everything I can to get back on that field and play, whatever sport it may be. And through all their hard training and everything they do, their bodies build up a tolerance to that also. Yeah, so you've got to push those guys, but also be aware that they're going to push too hard if you don't hold them back sometimes. Right. Now, we talked about uh, some of the new advances in training and uh, preparation, but you guys on the medical side are also advancing your treatments and some of the protocols that you can give athletes. Talk about some of the new devices that you've seen come into the sports medicine world. Well, one of the ones that we're using right now that is probably the most popular, especially not only with our, our NFL guys, but our combine guys, is class four lasers. And these have taken the place of ultrasound and all the other old modalities because they're so effective. The one that I have, it's got two beams in it. So the first beam is a vasodilator, so it brings lots of blood flow to the injured area. The second beam works on a cellular level when it gets all the way down to the mitochondria and stimulates the mitochondria. When you stimulate the mitochondria, that stimulates the regeneration of the tissues. And it can go down about eight centimeters into the tissues. So when we have a a hamstring tear, if we have any soft tissue injuries, we can go down pretty far deep into those tissues and get them, even on these really big guys. I'm amazed. So you actually have a camera somehow that allows you to see. No, we don't see it. It's just a laser and it it can penetrate all the way down that far. So Mm -hmm. how do you determine the depth to penetrate with the laser? It's not just, it just, it can penetrate that far. Oh, so. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that, that has reduced recovery time. It has. Mm-hmm. So when you get an athlete that comes in that wants the newest and latest, do you ever have to talk them out of a certain treatment that they've heard about, that they've said, I want to try this? Because I know they're, they're on the cutting not. edge all the time. No, absolutely not. The only one that they talk to me about that's 
kind of questionable. I don't even want to say questionable, but the the, the cryo chambers mm-hmm. and the traditional old ice bath. It right. does the exact same thing physically, physiologically, but one takes two to three minutes and one takes 20 minutes. But it does the same thing. At the beginning of the, of the NFL combine training, everyone's in the cryo chamber. Right. Every one of the guys. Halfway through to the end, they're back into the ice baths. What's the tent, the oxygen tent, the sleep in the, in the tent? Have you heard that one? Oh, yes. Uh, actually, if I was back into sports and competing at that level, I would definitely have one of those. An altitude chamber. It's recovery? Uh, well, it's not only, they have two. They have the altitude one, and then they have the oxygen. So the oxygen one, that's just for recovery. It's just bathing right. your tissues in in highly high percentage of oxygen. The altitude chamber one actually reduces the amount of oxygen you're taking in, which now increases your red blood cells. Hmm. This is much like the blood doping, right? Exactly. So they used to go to altitude and train and then mm-hmm. take blood out of their body and then put it back in at right. altitude? And that's why the Olympic Training Center is in Colorado. So what oh, does that wow. do? Like it makes your red blood cells more re- re- receptive to oxygen? Well, no. What it does is increases your red blood cells because they carry less oxygen. I got you. So it has to increase the red blood cells to carry more. So now you have that many more. You come back down to sea level and your endurance is Could amazing. You- to determine that from a blood test, if you looked at the numbers, you'd say something's fishy about this? Well, you'd see their their red blood cell count high. Hmm. But and the only ones that are looking at that is is the um, cycling. Hmm. Uh, right, exactly. EPO. and mm-hmm. I mean, they, Those guys are really pushing the envelope. Yes. All right, so we talked a little bit about pro athletes and some of the different things they come across. I, I see this one for Achilles, and man, I, I think that's, to me, that's like a career ender. Have you seen a, a torn Achilles where you got a, a success story with a patient come back? Um, we've had a couple. We've had a couple. The, the key to that is whether or not it's torn completely through or a partial tear, getting immediate care to it, getting them to the right surgeon. Um, we did have one that didn't require surgery. We used the laser on it, and that took some time, a lot of stretching, a lot right. of laser, um, but they were able to come back. So now we've had some good success. That's the other that. side of it is with athletes, they don't want to rest on the back end. They want to get right back in it, so they, they have a tendency to re-injure. Right. And again, it, it comes back to there are so many people that are willing to take their position. They're right in right. line. They've got they just pull out, take the number, and they're ready to go. All right. So that's Dr. Doug Arvanitas from ProHealth. We're talking a little bit about different protocols and things that are available to you if you're a victim of an injury or sports-related injury. We're going to come back in a little while, wrap the show up with some positive stories, and we're going to ask these guys a little bit more about what they see coming down the road. Stay with us. We're going to give you some good knowledge. The Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Once upon a time, there was a three-bedroom ranch-style house. I've got a pool and an updated kitchen. For weeks, it waited. Nobody wants me. The realtor advertised with Homes and Land. Homes and Land magazine makes finding the right house easy. And at homesandland.com, all it took was a few clicks for a family to find the perfect updated ranch. And we all lived happily ever after. For a free copy of the magazine, call 1-800-277-7800 or visit homesandland.com. Hey, I'm Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man. And I'm here with my business partner, Brandon Rimes, the real estate quarterback. Thanks, Ken. We're recruiting real estate agents to our team, PlatinumMVPRealty.com. If you want to knock out your competition, join PlatinumMVPRealty.com. 813-670-7372. 813-670-7372. Join the winning team. 
You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back. It's James DeJerome sitting in for Brandon Rhymes today on the Consumer Quarterback Show. One of the things Brandon is real good about is uh, making sure we inject some positive information into the show. I think sometimes there's a lot of negative forces out there that are trying to divide us, and I feel like there's always positive things. You may not hear about them, but they're going on all the time out there. So one of the things we try to do is make you aware of that. So today we got a story about a Major League Baseball prospect that decided he was going to repay his parents for all the sacrifices that they made over the years. So 22-year-old... Brady Allen Singer was a first-round pick for the Kansas City Royals last year. His talent and hard work helped him to receive $4.25 million in his contract from MLB. To thank his parents for all the sacrifices they've made for him so that he could pursue his dream, he presented them both with a letter. In the letter, he thanked them for all their support and selflessness and told them it was now his turn to return the favor. He said, the money you both spent on traveling, gear, hotel, food, and all these Gatorades I drank is much more than I could ever give you, he wrote in the letter. Singer then informs his parents that all of their loans and debt has been paid off. Now, instead of trying to save money every weekend to replace the savings account you drained traveling to see my baseball, you can spend it on yourselves, he wrote. So Singer posted a video of his mother reading the letter on Instagram. She says, he says, today is very special to my heart to give back to two people who have given up everything to support my brother and I. I can't thank them enough. I love you, Mom and Dad. So there's a story for you, a little different take on athletes. We hear a lot of negative stuff and selfish and conceited and all that. Not so for everybody, apparently. Yeah, that's now, a fantastic now, story. Now, Doc, you had a tie into this. Tell me a little bit. Well, he he trained with Yo Murphy. Okay. And Yo is the gentleman that I do the sure. combine training with. Sure, former mm-hmm. Buccaneer. Mm-hmm. So he actually used your facilities. Uh, Yo's facilities. Right, mm-hmm. right. How about that? So uh, we were talking earlier with attorney Jason Cobal and Dr. Doug Arvanese about sports injuries and injuries and the relationship between patients and doctors. I wanted to touch a little bit on... Uh, the legality of some of the injuries. You know, in sports, you don't think of uh, getting a lawyer when you get injured. But hockey fights, uh, the malice in the palace, I don't know if you're familiar with the Detroit Pistons going up in the stands. There's been some crossover (laughs) where athletes and lawyers get involved quite a bit in in weird circumstances. I was just thinking, is there any... athletic cases that come to mind. I just thought of, you know, I was thinking of famous injuries. I was going to talk to Doc about uh, Carrie Strug, the gymnast. We mm-hmm. all remember she, you know, the ankle injury and how mm-hmm. she overcame that. So the heroicness of injuries and that kind of thing. But it, the Detroit Pistons story struck me as odd that there's a bunch of lawyers involved in that one, I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I recently saw the uh, Conor McGregor fight against right. Khabib. And uh, I was lucky to be there live, even though it wasn't a great fight. And when uh, Khabib jumped over the fence, I was scared. And I was like, boy, we might have a loss right. here. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, those guys, the, the uh, press conferences, you got to have lawyers and doctors ready for those, not just a fight. You don't expect a fighter to jump out of the cage and right. start, you know, fight in the crowd. Now, what, that was in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. How, tell me, have you been out to those before? Um, I've been to a few, but not to the, I haven't been out to Vegas before for one, but it was a blast. I bet. It was a great atmosphere. So you see MMA guys in your practice as well, Doc? Yes, MMA, boxing, all of it. Mm-hmm. And so, we've actually been flown to Vegas for title fights with my fighters. How about that? Uh, and, and, but nobody went over the ring. Right? Nobody, nobody went over the ring. <laughs> so what uh, athletes that come to your facility, that receive treatment, they mm-hmm. go on to have success, I'm sure they love telling all the people about it, and that must be a great feeling for you to know, hey, that guy struggled, he came in here, and now look at his success. He overcame it. 
not just physically, but look at his his trust in the injury. He's got a mental focus now. He feels better about himself. And you mentioned that the mental side is just as important. It is. I think it's probably more important. You have to have the mental toughness and the mental strength to be able to go and do these things. And as you were saying, with these athletes, they, they always come back. They, they love our office. They love our entire staff. And um, it, it's interesting because we have one Major League Baseball player who's going to be in the Hall of Fame, Gary Sheffield, that he tells everybody he meets and when I'm around that every time he came into my office, the very next game, he would hit a home run. Every time. Awesome. And then the one time when he got, he was diving for a ball and a first baseman was coming back and kicked him in the side of the face, he went into a hitting slump for three weeks. And he came into my office right. and I did my normal thing on him and made sure he was aligned and balanced and everything. And after I said to him, I said, now, Gary, every time you come in my office, you tell everybody you hit a home run the next game. Every time. He goes, that's true. I said, we put you all back together. Your face is back together. Everything's back together. Everything's functioning properly. So tonight, not only are you going to get a hit, you're going to get a home run. And he smiled. He goes, from your mouth to God's ears, please. And the second time at bat, he hit a home run. Get out of here, really? <laughs> he did. And the funny thing is, is I was watching the game, and as he's crossing home plate, he's just laughing and just shaking his head. And he was th- I know you. he was thinking about it at that moment. Absolutely, because that's their life, you know. And these mm-hmm. folks that help you in your life, whether it's an attorney that gets you out of a situation or a doctor when you feel like your career might be threatened, that's a, that's a bond for life, huh? You've had clients come back. Jason, uh, thank you for Mm -hmm. the situation that you got them out of. Yeah, and it's reciprocal also because when you help somebody or you're in the heat of a battle like that and you come through for them, you don't forget that. And they're forever. Yeah, that's a bonding thing for sure. Doc, just just briefly, you know, when I was putting my notes together for the show, I thought about some of the sports injuries or crazy injuries I've seen over time and how they affected our whole, you know, everyone thought about him and thinks about Bo Jackson and what a career he would have had. Mm -hmm. And he had this unusual situation where he had a, a, a hip uh, that no longer was receiving blood flow. A vascular necrosis. And when you mm-hmm. think of professional athletes, especially at that level, all the eyeballs that looked at his x-rays and examined him, how did, the fact that they didn't discover this issue for so long and it and managed to become that s- serious for him, it shows you how complex the, the physiology is and how hard it is to really get a feel for what these injuries can be. Yeah, I agree with that, but I, I still think it's, if he had the right doctors there and, and ones that had experience in that, they would have known. They would have known something. And another thing we just, we touch on the mental side of athletics and overcoming trauma. I thought about, uh, we talked the size and strength and speed of football players and how big and strong and powerful they are. But the littlest gymnast on the U.S. Olympic team was the one that everyone thinks of when they think about overcoming injury. Mm-hmm. So what would you do in a situation like that where you had a kid that age that said, I'm good, don't, I'm going to go anyway. Would you, do you get involved and say, you can't do that, or let's, let's be careful? Or how do you, I mean, I was amazed at her fortitude. Well, it depends. If they're actually in the competition, then I'll pull them aside, and I'll get them a little bit stronger and make sure they're in the right place and let them go. If they want to go, I'll let them go, because that's what I did. Right. I never sat out a game, never, even when I, I thought I was in, just kept going. But it just, every, every situation is a little bit different, and it depends on what the injuries are, too. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the parents there. Sure, that's about the other kids. factor. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that comes up quite a bit with you where the child is, is doing the right thing, recovering, but the parent is putting a little pressure in the situation. Right. And it's the, the parents need to understand, number one, it's a game. It's a game. And that's their child. Now, I don't want anything to hurt my child, even though he was an athlete. Right. And he had a, 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 a lot of damage to his knee, and we were doing everything we could possibly do to keep him kicking, which we did through the entire season of a torn hamstring and a torn posterior compartment on his kicking leg. Wait a minute. Now, as a parent... You've got the inside to know what's going on. How, mm-hmm. That must have been difficult, huh? It was, but it, it's also, the, again, the mental aspect of it. 
and it's his senior year and he's never going to be able to get that back right so what we would do is we would work on him unbelievably throughout the week his first kick was always his best out the back of the end zone. right right okay then each kick got a little bit less and less and less so we had to make sure and watch where his kicks were going and how he was performing if he was trying to do a kickoff and it would only go to 30 now we need to pull him for the you game. know yeah we know so how long did it take when the season ended? What was the procedure that you, that was the best way to treat that? Well, that again, that's movement, um, lots of massage therapy, lots of laser, um, not so much weightlifting, mm-hmm. just kind of keeping it, letting it heal. And when you're damaged ligaments and tendons, it takes time. It yeah. took a lot of time for him. You know, some athletes, you don't think of their sport as being so physically demanding, but because of the unique motion, it creates a, an issue. I mean, golfers, I, I meet more golfers that have back problems or shoulder issues, mm-hmm. and it seems very benign. So where is the injury occurring? In the, it, well, twisting, the torquing? Here's the problem with golfers. They're a one-sided athlete. They're always hitting that ball or torquing their body that one way. Okay. So on all my golfers, I have them going back the other way. So a very interesting story is we have a guy who used to be the, the long drive champ of the world. Those guys are big. They're, he's big. He's yeah. about 6'4", 280 pounds. Wow. And, and he's an amazing athlete. And he also does like trick shots now. So he does a lot of trick shots. He goes to all the events and he does all, Trevor can savage. Long Fantastic drive, yeah. guy. And so what I told him is we need to get you going back the other way. So he developed a whole series of trick shots going left-handed hmm. to help him do that. Now he's fine. Now really? he's out there doing everything fine. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be balanced. You got to be careful you, when you get in balance. I keep talking about balance. You have to be balanced. You can't be a one-sided athlete. Pitchers, quarterbacks, we've got to get them doing the same motion the gotcha. other way. Sure, that makes sense. All right, great great job today, guys. Great information for everybody out there. I want to give you a chance just to summarize if there was something I didn't touch on that you wanted to bring to the table today. Jason, anything I forgot to mention that would be coming up for you? Oh, no, that, that, that was a great uh, episode. I'm honored to be on. That was some good stuff. <laughs> Doc, anything you want to mention? or Tell us how to get in touch with you if you got a kid or a parent or someone that needs treatment. Well, I'll tell you a couple things. As Jason was saying, and you were saying also, I think the relationship between your attorney and your doctor is crucial. Absolutely. You have to have somebody that you trust, that they know what they're doing. And, um, and then if you need to get in touch with us, it's www.prohealth.com. It's ProHealth, 813-304-2120. So Dr. Doug Arvanitas from ProHealth, Jason Cobol, Cobol Law. Thanks so much for tuning in today for the Consumer Quarterback Show. We hope you got some information that can help you, empower you as a consumer. Stay tuned with us. Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show. Weekday afternoons at 5 on AM 1380. The Biz.